Hey, Lighthouse Niagara family, this is Pastor Joel Sloss. I hope that the message you received today blesses you so, so much. To that, I just want to uh, give you the title for tonight, and it's, it's actually from Joshua uh, uh, 24, uh, where it talks about there's a choice that we need to make. And Joshua, as he finishes the statement, he says, you got, you got something to choose here. Serve God or don't serve God. And then he finishes that verse, verse 15. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So tonight's title is, as for me and my house. And uh, uh, your house, maybe you have only yourself in your, in your abode. Uh, or maybe there's, there's uh, a spouse or maybe there's children. Maybe there's a whole family in your house. But uh, a decision we need to make uh, is that we will serve the Lord. I don't know about you, but uh, I know some of you are a little bit older. Uh, may remember some series that was were on television years ago, decades ago. And uh, some of these, I, I just, I, like we didn't grow up with a television. I can remember some of these, why, or listening to them on a radio. Uh, like, remember, how many of you remember Leave It to Beaver? Okay, you remember Leave It to Beaver with... Uh, uh, Ward and uh, what was her name? June, June and Ward, and uh, and so we we followed the all the the uh, antics of Beaver and Wally and um, their good friend Eddie. Yes, Eddie Haskell. So I don't know if you remember Eddie Haskell, but uh, uh, just uh, good afternoon, Mrs. Cleaver. You know, just and and sometimes you you. As we listen to those uh, those episodes, you think, well, you know what? I wish it was something like that in my house. You know, just to, and especially some of the older. Actually, I found out today that the that series began in the late 50s, 1957, and it went to 1963. 234 episodes of Leave It to Beaver, and uh, man, that was funny. And and so I can remember as a kid in the 70s listening to. Uh, reruns not watching but listening to reruns because we didn't have a tv and just laughing i know four o'clock i think in the afternoon four to four thirty leave it to beaver and uh, you wonder hey you know could our house could the house be like that could the home be like that um uh, i caught a few episodes of father knows best from the 1950s um but there were so many different series or, uh, that, that were on television back in the, the 60s and the 70s. And a lot of it around different uh, family uh, interactions. And um, who could forget uh, Little House on the Prairie? I don't know how many of you. Did anybody watch Little House on the Prairie? Okay. A few of you. Some of you just block that entire time of your life out or you're too young and there's no reruns a uh, little house on the prairie or or the waltons anybody the waltons okay so i know we're dating ourselves but there's there's reruns now now you can catch a lot of stuff the reruns and uh, uh but i i couldn't believe it some of these ran for a long time like uh, nine seasons for little house on the prairie the waltons nine seasons uh, of the waltons uh but but even though that each episode usually there was some issue or problem or something that the family was going through, it was there was always uh, within half an hour or or an hour everything was solved, or you, you got through it and everything was uh, great. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, good night, John boy, good night, whoever, Mary who, Mary Ellen. So you just, there was this, this thing of, of, of family. It seemed like, hey, they were able to work things out. You might be at a place where uh, maybe family is not like it was on, on television, you know, 50 years ago. And you say, hey, uh, how can things, can there be uh, good family relationships? Um, and so much of a family 
and interactions with family has to do, or we often would say, well, you know what? You know, if, if my spouse or if my, my child, uh, you know, changed this, this, and this, everything would be fine. And so much, uh, and not to say that that's not the case, but so often it's, it's how we deal with the, the, the episodes of life, the different things that we go through on a, on a daily basis, perhaps, and how we deal with it. And so important uh, that we recognize that, that God is able to do a work even in extremely negative situations because things, yeah, things don't always uh, work out. There are, there are struggles that we face. There are issues. And, there's, and it's, it's like, God, there needs to be some miracles done. There needs to be some changes. And uh, so last, last week, um, and even leading up to two months leading up to last week, um, there's so much of a foundation. Jesus Christ is preeminent. And in Colossians 1 verse 18, it talks about making him preeminent. It, it talks about uh, if we, well, let me read it, Colossians 1, verse 18. It says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. That in all things he may have the preeminence. Because I'll tell you right now, we, we don't have perfect families. We don't have perfect homes. We don't have perfect situations. And the Lord is saying, listen, I want to be preeminent in, in your life. And as I am preeminent in your life, regardless of where the others might be in your family, I will see you through. And I think most of us, as we have placed our faith and our trust in Jesus Christ, in difficult times, we've, we've come to the realization that the Lord will either see us out of the situation or he will see us through the situation. He'll either take us miraculously out of a situation of storm, of, of difficulty or whatever, or he'll give us the endurance to get through it. That he would have the preeminence in our lives. And so last week, uh, the foundation of there being change in your life and change, not just change on you, but change coming through you was emphasized. In fact, chapters 3 and 4 talk about pretty well every single scenario of life. Whether it's personal, and so last week it was talking about there being changes done on, on us personally. And there's things that we need to put off, and there's need, there needs to be things that are put on. And that we can put off things that, that the world would say, hey, that's not possible. It's not possible to do that, or you need some major therapy happening, or you may need some medications, or whatever you may, may need. Man, you need some help. I don't know if you're going to be able to do this. But the Lord is saying, and it says in Colossians 3, 1 to 4, I just want to read this quickly. It says, if you were raised with Christ, and I really focused in on this last week. If you were raised with Christ, and, I, I, and you might say, well, when am I raised with Christ? The moment you gave your life to Jesus, by faith. You came to him, you believed that he existed, you believed that he, that, that he died, he took your sins upon himself. You believed that, you confessed that, and you received Christ into your life. It was by faith. It was by faith, and with that faith, and we'll see as we go on here how important faith is. That's one part of the foundation. We need faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. He says, if you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. That sitting on the right hand of God is all about authority. Where the authority is for things to be, for doors to be opened or doors closed. And 
taking care of the situations in your life because he is preeminent. And so, and that's the second part of it, is that he would be preeminent. So the first thing is, if we're raised with him, we're raised by faith in who Jesus is and what he did for us on the cross. And as we place him preeminent in our life, that part is a choice that each one of us makes. If you don't make that choice, you've already made the choice. If you don't put the Lord first by choice, you've already made a choice to say, Lord, you're not in charge. I am. And that's when we have struggle. That's when we have, that's when we carry the burdens. That's when we, we, we have a difficult time in life because he's not preeminent. He's not Lord. Another way to say is Jesus is Lord. Lord is above all. You say, is it that simple? I'm saying to you, it is. It is that simple because now I, I recognize, my goodness, as much as I would try and attempt to change myself, I cannot do it. I cannot change myself. These things of, of, that are, are oftentimes so much a part of us, and, and not just uh, we're talking our flesh, that are part of our flesh, our human flesh that craves things, that desires things, that, that, that is opposed to the things of God. The Lord is saying, I can do a work of change. And so even those things that would seem impossible, the Lord is able to do a work of change. So he says, uh, it says not only that, it, that we should seek those things which are above, if you are raised with Christ, but to set your mind on things above, not on things on this earth. Even the things that we think about, the things that we would, would plan to do, would endeavor to do, that we would seek those things which are above, not the things of this, this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And so this is again and again, and we'll see that, that as we die with the Lord, or as we have died with Christ, and it's, it's something that we, we can't go back, and I've been saying this uh, not just for weeks or months, I've been saying this for years. As our faith is there, it is amazing the work that can be done in our life as we place the Lord first. So as we get those two things right, one by faith, our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And secondly, to, to choose and place him Lord in our life. And so it's about giving up control. It is about Jesus being seated on the throne of our life. It is at that point that things can really begin to change. And we see that it says in Colossians 3 verse 17, it says, And whatever you do in word... So whatever is coming out of your mouth or deed, we're talking about every single action. And every action starts up here. It may start in our heart with, with whatever. And if it's negative, like, hey, oh, man, I'm bitter or I'm, I'm angry. And, and there's a thing of hatred that wells up or bitterness or, or, or resentment, whatever it may be. And as a result of what's going on in our soul and our, uh, and our, and our flesh, there's this carnal way of dealing with it that says, you know what, I'm going to do, take care of matters in my, and, and do things according to my plans and purposes and whatever, and it doesn't turn out. It says here, whatever you do in word or deed, the things that will, the, the actions that we have that come as a result of our thoughts and a response to how we may be feeling and what we're thinking, it says, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. To do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, his name is all about who he is and what he's done for us. Just like your name. And I've, I've said this a number of times in the last few months. As soon as your name is given or my name would come to your attention, the very first thing that you'll think about, oh, oh yeah, yeah Dave, that's pastor. He's the pastor at the church. And right away with that will come either positive or negative thoughts, or just in, indifference. At the name of Jesus, that it would not be just a thing of indifference, it would not just be a thing of whatever, but that there would be a specific thing of who he is and what he did for us, so that we, as, as our faith is there, as, as our uh, uh, trust is in him, the Lord is able to begin to do works of change in your life. 
Because oftentimes when it comes to, as for me and my house, and whether you're living at home alone or whether you're with somebody else or there's a whole family with, with, within your, your four walls, the Lord desires to do some amazing things, even at home. Because I know some of you might be coming, you say, well, you know what, my kids aren't serving the Lord, my spouse is not serving the Lord, or uh, I, I'm, you know what, I'm the only person in my, my family that, that knows the Lord and, and the rest aren't serving God. There's different situations that you might be in. And the Lord is saying, hey, I can do a work on and through you. And last week was all about as we... Uh, turned to the Lord and we believed in the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did for us. And we allowed him to have control in our life as we put him first as Lord in our life. It says to put off the old man. Verse, it says in verse 5, it says, I'll read this very quickly. Therefore, put to death, put to death the members which are on the earth fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And it's like, oh my goodness, these are pretty nasty ones. These are ones that it's just like, you know, if, if it's hard to, to get control of, of areas of thought and the, the desire of the flesh and the lusts of the flesh, like we're talking here, these th three, four of these have are sexual in nature. We are sexual beings. The enemy knows it. And it says here that we can put to death our members which are on the earth and the things that our members would desire to do, the flesh desires to do that is contrary. Even though we're sexual, we are sexual beings. And in Hebrews 13, it talks about the fact that it says the marriage bed is undefiled. And yet there's so much that goes on, especially in the world that is outside of the marriage bed. It's not part of marriage. And the Lord is saying, even here, there, in the, the areas that are most difficult, perhaps, for us in the area of sex, sexual, whatever, it says there's, there can be a, a putting to death of your members. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off these. Not just that. It says put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. Because we've been raised with Christ, we can put these things off. You've been raised, because you've been raised with Christ, you can put these things off. If you've not been raised with Christ, you will fight these things on your own. They'll overcome you. But as we are raised with Christ by faith and we place him first in our lives, we, he's seated on the throne of our life, we can put off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, lying. And have put on, not just putting off, but putting on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So the new man that the Lord has for every single one of us, who God would have us be, is in the image of Jesus Christ, that we would become more like Jesus. The one song that we sang tonight was, Jesus, be Jesus in me. No longer me, but thee. Resurrection power, fill me this hour. Jesus, be Jesus in me. An old, old song. That Jesus would be Jesus in us. And the new man that, that, that God has for us is created in the image of him that created this new man that is for us. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. It doesn't matter. This, this verse has to do with the extremes of where you could be coming from. The Lord is saying, I can change you. There's a change that can be made. Whether you're Greek, you're of this world, you've got it all together according to this world. The Greeks were, were they were, the Romans, the Romans looked up to the Greeks. The Romans came after the Greeks. And they looked up to the Greeks because, man, they had, every, they had the, the intellectual, the, the wisdom of the, of the age. The Greeks had got to be like them. Whether you're of that or whether you're a Jew, of 
the law, been given the law, circumcised nor un, or un, uncircumcised, uncircumcised, whether you, you keep the law or don't keep the law. Barbarian, like we're talking extreme. You might say, what's a Scythian? Scythian is even is more extreme than a barbarian. This, he says, it doesn't matter how, how extreme and how far you've come from, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is all and in all is saying there is changes. There are changes that you can make to put off the things that need to be put off. And it's only as you are raised with him. If you've been raised with him, seek those things which are above where Christ sits on the right hand of the father. Let there be changes. And it's by faith. And it's also by choice as we put Jesus first in our life. There's changes that can take place. So you might say, well, how does this impact us? Well, there's these changes that can be, can be made, putting off, putting on the new man, putting off the old man. And look at the changes that begin to happen in our character. Verses 12 to 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. At this point, we're in the right standing with God. Holy and beloved. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is a bond of perfection. These are all things that are, are, are you are able to do as you are raised with Christ by faith. And as you place Jesus first in your life. There's a change of your character and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord and whatever you do. Here's that verse again. And whatever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. All right. I want to get into the next number of verses. And uh, it's, it was about three, four months ago, we actually touched on this stuff. And in fact, if you look at Ephesians, Colossians has much, it's a, there's a condensed version of Ephesians in Colossians. The focus though is Jesus Christ being preeminent throughout. And so even though there's a, a, a large focus and many scriptures similar in Colossians, to Ephesians, there's a different emphasis of Jesus being preeminent in our lives, and so much can be accomplished. And so the next number of verses to verse 25, I believe, uh, I may not get, get as far as that, but um, it talks about interactions within a home. And once again, you may say, Pastor, I, I'm not in that situation. I just want to say this. The last number of, of or what we just covered, uh, even if you're on your own, there's opportunity for there to be change in your life to change those that you are in contact with. And so it says, it talks about, and we started off by, I was asking you, hey, do you remember watching this show and that show and, and uh, how things were put into place very easily in 45 minutes all the problems were solved one one hour everything was solved and you move on to the next episode but here things may take a little bit longer than an hour to resolve and the lord is saying hey i want to give you some instruction because these things as you do them there is a work that can be accomplished within your life and within your home so it says in verse 18, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to, in the Lord. Now, let me just say this. this. This thing of submission of wives to their husbands is, is oftentimes where husbands, they would grab a hold and memorize the first part of this verse. And, this, and the same thing in Ephesians 5 verse 21, where it talks about wives submitting to their husbands. Uh, they say, that's, that's all they focus in on. But the last part, it says, as is fitting in the Lord. And so it has to do with their husbands functioning in the sphere 
of the Lord, how the Lord would have them be. It's wives should submit in this in this scenario, especially. And not just as husbands should be. Because, and once again, not that, that wives, wives, listen, for those that are wives here, you don't have to submit to, to a man, your husband, that is uh, not doing the things of the Lord and saying, hey, you've got to do this and do that. That's not what I'm talking about. It says here, as is fitting in the Lord. But there is this thing of... Uh, between a husband and wife, that, that the husband is to be head of the house, of the home. There's a covering, and, and we'll see that in the next verse. This thing of submission, any idea of what that might mean to submit? According to the Greek, to arrange under, to subordinate, to subject or put in subjection, to subject oneself or obey, to submit to one's control, to yield to one's admonition or advice, to obey, be subject. So it's like there is this, this thing of the husband sort of being over the, the wife as is fitting in the Lord. And the next verse, we need to go into the next verse because as is fitting in the Lord, there's, there is an expanding on this. And in this, in this day and age, I recognize the world is all about equal, equal rights and equal this and that. And I'm, I'm not saying that, um, That husbands should be, hey, I'm up here and you're way down here. But if you look at the next verse, it, it expands as is fitting in the Lord. Submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. It says in verse 19, it says, husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. As husbands love their wives as they love God, as they should love God, there will be no bitterness towards their wife. There will be, as husbands will love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for the church. As, as a husband, just say, you know what? I would die for my wife. I would do anything for her. I'll tell you, Wives would not have a problem saying, you know what, I, I respect this man, this man of God. I don't have a problem going along with him in the direction that he's heading. I'll tell you right now, if we are not, if we don't as men love the Lord, if we don't love the Lord, we're going to have a struggle loving our wives. Because we're not, we're not in a place of, of the power of the Spirit of God being able to do a work through us, on us and through us, when we don't love the Lord. And even as we would love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, as we would submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit is able to do a work on us, even to, uh, to love our wives, going past an emotional thing. Let me just say this. So, so much of the world is about emotions. There's this thing of, of how I feel towards this other person. And so if the feeling's not there, you know what, I, I don't know if I can continue to have a relationship. And oftentimes there's a breaking down of a relationship because they're going by the flesh. We go by the flesh. And it's, whether it's husbands loving your wife or wives, submitting to your own husbands. In Ephesians, it talks about husbands 
loving their wives as Christ loved the church and that the wives should respect their husband. When, you, when a, a, a wife submits to her husband, there's this thing of, there's a, the attitude is one of, of, there's a respect there because her husband is a man of God, would be a man of God. And you say, hey, pastor, I'm in a situation where my husband is not a man of God. He's not saved. You, and in First Peter 3, it talks about winning your husband over to the Lord. And that there's a, a gentle spirit about you. It says, this is First Peter 3, verse 1. It says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear or this thing of respect, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. So we're not talking about outward uh, appearance. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. So once again, not a thing of fear, but of respect to, to honor your, your husband. And then here it says just one verse for the husbands, but it is a big one. It says, husbands, likewise, dwell with them, with your wives, with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. So there's this idea of, you know what? I'm going to take care of my wife. I need to take care of my wife, to love my wife to nourish her and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So as there's a, a, the proper interaction and in dealing with, with your wife as husbands, uh, there is, uh, I like what it says, and being heirs together of the grace of life. The grace of life. The, the favor of the Lord that's unmerited in your lives together, your, your relationship together. That the prayers of the man, of the husband, may not be hindered. Otherwise, the prayer, their prayers are hindered. So critical. So, we have here um, this, this passage. Uh, and once again... In Colossians, very, very short. So, this submitting to your own husbands, this respecting of your husbands. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Bitterness comes. When would bitterness come in? When would you have bitterness creeping in? It says here, do not be bitter toward them. Husbands, love your wives, do not be bitter toward them. When, when would you have bitterness towards someone coming in? I would say for husbands, if your wife doesn't respect or honor you, I'll tell you right now, there's bitterness that will come creep in. And why does your wife not respect or honor you? It's because you're not loving your wife the way the Lord would have you love your wife. So it comes back to you as, as husbands. I would say, husbands, uh, if you're going to be priest in the home, head of, head of the home, under the Lord Jesus Christ, there will not be that thing of bitterness coming towards your wife because she's not honoring you. It, which is a result of you not loving her. So I would say, hey, love your wife. And if you need, this is where this, this passage where the things that I can't do in myself, Lord, I'm raised with you by faith. And I submit to your lordship. And now the Lord is able to do a work of change in you 
to be the person that you need to be. Wives to be the person you need to be. Husbands to be the person that you need to be. Are there any, are there any questions about this? Or you say, well, what about this? What about that? Are there any questions at this point? Okay. So, as Jesus, as I, as Jesus, as I'm raised with him by faith, I can put off the old man. I can put on the new man, created in the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's an, there's an impacting of relationship between husbands and wives. And it goes on from there. And once again, we're talking about the home. We're talking about how things are in the home. And even with, with older children or children that have already... They're old enough to be on their own. They may have left the house or whatever. It says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. So it says, obey your parents in all things. Obviously, this would be that which pertains to that which is of God and scriptural. As parents, we need to teach our children the ways of the Lord. Can somebody tell me what is the best Way. What do you think is the best way that we can teach someone else? Sorry? What, over here? By example? Okay, so on that side, same thing, by example. Can I just say this? The best way that you can teach your children is by example. So it's not so much necessarily talking as it is just walking, being the person that you need to be. And there's going to be a training up or a teaching that takes place of your children to get them to a place of saying, you know what, I can be obedient to my parents in all things. Does anybody know of, um, of a passage where it talks about uh, what happens to children that are obedient and uh, that honor their parents. Anyone? What's that? I've, I think I heard somebody say they'd have a, a good long life. Does anybody know where that's found? It's found in the Bible. Can we narrow it down? Is it Old Testament or New Testament? So actually, it, could, it would be probably in both, but definitely in the, in the New Testament. Does anybody know which book it's in? A letter? I'll give you a hint. It's a letter. One of the letters that Paul wrote. Anybody? Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. It says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. So, uh, whose responsibility do you think it is that children should obey their parents and the Lord? Whose responsible, responsibility is it? Sorry? It's the parents' responsibility. And it starts very young. I, I taught for 14 years with kids in special ed and uh, with kids that had behavioral problems uh, and oftentimes, so often, I would say like nine times out of ten, if not more, it was because the parents were not taking responsibility for their kids to be obedient and to honor them. And whether it was by the fact that they were not the example they should have been, or they just weren't there, or they just neglected, whatever the reason, children, they, they were, the, the behavior became so extreme that they needed to be in special classes. So extreme. And so it's the responsibility of the parents. That's why I say example is the best teacher, as you as parents are an example. Uh, your children then will get to a place where they should 
obey you, and honor you. Um, if our children become or our, our buddies, if you want to really mess up your, your children, treat them as buddies. They're a buddy. Not, you're not the parent. You're just a, a buddy. So the things that you will then do as a parent will not be for, well, when it comes time to say you need to obey, hey, I don't need to listen to you. There's Not only is there disobedience, but there's a dishonor. It's just to honor your, your, your parents. Honor your father and mother, which is the first command with promise, that it may be well with you and you, you may live long on the earth. And honor is something that, is there's a respect of the parents. And I'll tell you right now, your parents or your children will respect you when you are a, not just talking a talk, but walking the walk. And that, especially as your children are still in your home and younger, that you have boundaries and are not afraid to uh, correct when they're disobedient to say, hey, that's, this is not what should be happening, or this will not happen, and there's consequences. And I, let me just say, getting new kids, some kids I had for two years, many kids I had for two years, some kids I even had for three years as a teacher, they stayed in the, in the class for three years. But one of the things that I, I came to recognize is, and this is without this, was, this is without the Lord. I wasn't able to talk to, to the kids about Jesus and giving their life to Jesus. This is a public school setting. I'll tell you right now, as we in the classroom, the two adults, there were two adults, max of eight kids. As we loved the kids and cared for them, and dealt with issues of disobedience and disrespect. There was an honoring that took place. Even by these kids that were. They, they weren't believers. But there was a thing of we need to, we need to obey. Because it is good for us to obey. And this passage came true. Even with the unbeliever, unbelieving children. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So in the classroom, it was as in that it may be well with you. And it was amazing how children could turn around. And this is without the Lord. But applying some of these things that, no, those two areas of disobedience and disrespect, you need to deal with those things as parents. You will not disobey. I will not allow my children to disobey. A word that's not commonly used, defiance. Does anybody know what defiance is? What's defiance? When a child is defiant. Anybody? They are purpose. They know what to do is right and they purposely choose to say, I will not do that. That's being defiant. You deal with that. As a parent, you deal with those things. Don't be afraid to deal with me. You say, oh, pastor, but you have no idea how all hell will break, lo will break loose. And th that was what I was looking for <laughs> when these kids came into my classroom. The expectations were given. And then there was this thing then it was just a matter of time where they tested the limits and my my prayer was always please let them test the limits early right away and the reason for that was the longer they waited the longer it took for them to change the sooner they tested the limits and they found the consequences kids were very smart because their heart is <laughs> their desire is that it may be well with me I want it to be well with me. And so we, as parents, create an environment that, that we need to deal with obedience 
and honor and honoring. You as parents are the ones. And you may say, I'm not a parent. I'll tell you right now, it's even in our interactions with the next generation. I know we don't have the authority necessarily over those that aren't our children. But even to be able to speak things gently into those that are being disobedient and dishonoring and disrespectful. And just to say, hey, listen, to take them aside. Times if you have the opportunity or you, you have that open door to do it. Don't do it to, to somebody that you don't know necessarily unless the Holy Spirit is really prompting you. But just to say, hey, listen, you know what? Things will change as you be, become obedient to your, your mom and your dad. It's amazing what will happen. Try it. And to respect your mother and father. See what happens. This is a promise not just to the believers, but this is a promise even to unbelievers as children. Look at children that obey and honor their parents as unbelievers and look at their lives. I thank God that with God, as we make things right, uh, or as we do things according to his word, that it is there a blessing to, to those that are even not um, believers. As they do the word of God, uh, the Lord acknowledges that, even though they're not believers. And how much more as believers, what can be done? Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And then in verse 21, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So there's this, this thing uh, in, in Ephesians 6, verse 4. It says this, and this is where Ephesians and Colossians tie in together. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord, in the ways of the Lord. You might say, oh, pastor, this, this may be more so with, with kids as they get into their teens and they become young adults and then they're, they're adults. You might say, pastor, I, I struggle with my children that are, they're not even serving God. Say, Pastor, what, what can I do? If they're living in your house, you treat them as if they are children or they're serving God. And this is the title, as for me and my house, I, we will serve the Lord. We, not just me, but we will serve the Lord. So the things that go on in your house, and if you have to spell it out even to an adult child, then spell it out to them. Have your spouse in on it. Say, hey, you know what? I want you to be blessed. The Lord says that you will live a, a good long life. And there's two areas. With obedience and with honoring and respect. So you as a parent, we as parents can have our kids live in the blessing of the Lord. So you as a parent... If they live in your house, if your children are living in your house as adult children, you set those boundaries. So this is how it's going to be. And if you're, um, as, a, as a, a father, talk to your wife about it. If you're a wife, if you're the wife and you talk to your spouse, to your husband about it and say, hey, listen. And even if they're not, I'll tell you right now, even if they're not believers... I'll say this, even the unbeliever parent would want their children to obey, have kids that are obedient and, and children that honor, a respect, to respect. Why? So they could have a good long life. That's Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Praise God. And all of this, once again, these things can take place in the family, within the family, as we are in a place raised together with Christ. We're raised together with Christ by faith, and he is seated on the throne of our life. 
there's an amazing amount of stuff that can happen on us and through us to impact the people around us, whether you're wife, husband, child, those that are around. It's amazing what can happen. So our faith is critical. Faith in Jesus Christ and crucified. And secondly, Jesus being Lord. Um, just to, along with this, and uh, in, a, in a moment, we're going we're gonna to pray. Because I know some of you are in a place where you're saying, I, I have, there, it's not the Waltons at our house. It's not leave it to Beaver. Things are, are not resolved after an hour or half an hour. But there's things, there needs to be changes in the house. The Lord is saying, it can be done. It can be done. As, as we make Jesus Lord, it's, once again, I've been saying this for the last few weeks and especially today, it's a choice that we make. To make Jesus Lord is a choice we make. It's not something by faith. It's a choice to put him in that position of lordship in our life. When we do that, the work of sanctification can take place. Say, so what's sanctification? Sanctification is, is the changes necessary in us to become more and more like Jesus. We can be, there's changes, they will take place quickly. So you can be saved. So Jesus is your Savior, but he's not your Lord. I've mentioned that a few times in the last month. So you're saved, but Jesus is in the Lord. Because you're in charge. You're still in charge of your life. Lord, I totally surrender my life to you. And as we do that, so we're saved by faith, and we surrender our life to Jesus, it's at that point that sanctification begins to take place within us. The change is taking place within us to impact those that are around us in our, in our home. And even, even at work or wherever we may be. Uh, and I just say, thank, thank you, Lord. This is not me changing myself. It is the Lord changing me. Yes, at that point, I have the power to put off the old man and the power to put on the new man because I'm in that position. And the Holy Spirit is able to do the new man that God would have us be. It's already there. It's, the, it's in the image of Jesus Christ. It's like, oh, thank you, Lord, to become more and more like Jesus. Praise God. I want to read in closing from Joshua 24, verse 15. It says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. We choose to do what is right before the Lord in our household. Whether you are there alone, or it's just you and your spouse, or there's still children at home. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's just, uh, let's just pray together here. Lord, I just, I just thank you for what you want to do. Lord, so you, you give instruction for within the home. Lord, you, gave, you give instruction for us as individuals and all the different things about our, uh, our, our character and nature and the, the extremes that it can be and is without you. But with you, Lord, these things can be put off. The old man put off and a new man put on. And there can be amazing changes take place that will impact our spouse, our children, our parents as children. Lord, I just, I pray, let this be. Lord, there are, there are those that are here tonight or are viewing online. I would say, I, I, my whole house is not serving the Lord. That's my heart and desire. And Lord, so I pray for those individuals' encouragement at this time. And Lord, even as you would say that there can be a work done in the whole household, Lord. 
it is a thing of reality, that it would become a thing of reality within the homes of those that maybe have a spouse or children that aren't serving the Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that that the person within the home that is saved, that, Lord, those that are saved, Lord, that there will be some amazing things done on them and through them to impact the whole house, the whole household, Lord. Lord, so I, I, I just pray this. I pray for miracles to take place. Lord, there are children that need to be saved. There are spouses that need to be saved. And so, Lord, I pray. Lord, you said in your word that they are set apart. They are sanctified and set apart because of the believer within the home. Lord, that believing spouse. And, Lord, the rest, the children are sanctified. Lord, I just thank you that there is a work that you are able to do on those that, are, are, that don't know you yet. And so, Lord, I pray encouragement at this point. For those that are, are saved, I pray an encouragement to them. Lord, they just that they would begin to realize, Lord, your heart is that the entire household would be saved. Just like Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Lord, that would become a reality in every home. Lord, I just pray this. Lord, I pray for those that may be single here tonight that may have parents or uh, brothers or sisters, siblings, Lord, or even nieces and nephews. Or, Lord, I just pray that their heart, Lord, that they would be an example and a witness to those in their family that don't know the Lord. Lord, there will be a powerful witness that, 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 that just goes through them at this time. Lord, to, to be a light, to be a salt, to be salt, Lord. And Lord, that there would be an example. We would be an example to those that don't know you. Lord, that we would, there would be a love flowing through us. Lord, there would be life flowing through us. And Lord, I pray, Lord, my prayer, as it was this morning, as we gathered together to pray, Lord, it was around the fact that you are coming again. You are coming. And Lord, we were praying that, that uh, those that didn't know you would come to know you, and especially within the, the, the homes, Lord, that those that aren't saved would come to know you. Lord, those that have backslidden would come back. Lord, those that are wayward, that they would, that they would give themselves fully over to you. So, Lord, you have heard and you have seen the tears. You have the, the grieving of perhaps parents. Lord, or even children for their parents. Lord, the, the, the desire and the, the anguish, if you would, that, that goes up to you saying, God, do something. Save my parents. Lord, I pray that before you return, Lord, there will be many that will come to know you. And Lord, so do that work through us. Lord, I pray, as we've been uh, emphasizing the last number of weeks, Lord, that we would walk by faith in you and what you did for us on the cross. That is, we are raised with you. And as we are raised with you, so much can happen. Lord, I pray that you would be made Lord in our lives. We just submit and surrender our will to you. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Let it be done in my life. And Lord, it will impact. It will impact, Lord, those that are around us. And so, Lord, we, we, I'm in agreement with those that are, that are praying for lost loved ones to come to you. Lord, it will happen. Lord, the interactions that we may have with them in the coming days and weeks and months, Lord, Lord, sh should you tarry, Lord, will be that which is of, of, of love, which is of light, which is, of, is savory, Lord, salty, would make them thirsty to come to you to receive rivers of living water, to bring life to them, Lord. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. God bless you. So good to have you here tonight, uh, this first Wednesday back after so many months, after a few months. And uh, so good to have all of you here tonight. God bless you. And just a reminder, if there's anybody that needs prayer at this time, 
uh, I'm just going to have you come. And if there's anybody that can give Andrew a hand at this point, if there's nobody to come for, I'm going to be right out with you as well to, to help. If those stones can be moved, none, uh, none of them are super, super heavy. Uh, so I, can, I think it can be done quickly. All right. God bless you guys. And uh, have a great night. Love you. And uh, yeah. Keep loving each other and praying for each other. Hey, Lighthouse family. Thanks so much for tuning in to another one of our podcast sermons. I'm Pastor Joel Sloss. For more podcasts, media, and live stream services at lighthouseniagara.com, Sundays at 10 o'clock. God bless.